Welcome to the No-Till Farmer Podcast, brought to you by Yetter Farm Equipment. I'm Michaela Pogner, Managing Editor at No-Till Farmer. In this episode, Technology Editor Noah Newman talks to Ron Digman, a no-tiller from Mount Hope, Wisconsin, about the planter technology investments and management it took to raise 96 bushel per acre soybeans, a yield that earned him second place in the 2022 Wisconsin Soybean Association Yield Contest. Give me the uh, the basics of your operation. You know, location, how many acres, what crops, um, what crops you grow, how long you've been farming, et cetera, et cetera. I uh, farm by Mount Hope, Wisconsin. Um, we farm about 800 acres, and I do some custom work besides. Um, I started farming in 2001 when I graduated high school with my dad, and we uh, we were we dairy farmed until 2015. And then I took over the farm, 100% took over the farm. And then I, we, I converted to beef from dairy. And that's kind of the farm history. We farm corn and beans, and we have some alfalfa for our cattle, our beef cows. Take me through the uh, switch to no-till. When you first started no-tilling, the motivations behind it. And, you know, what was it like when you so, first switched? When we started out, and I, I kind of got more into no-till, we, I started renting some ground that came out of CRP. And it was kind of steeper ground, and we started no-tilling in that um, and worried about erosion. And then that was working well, so we switched it to our good ground. And uh, we've seen actually some, some, some very good yields since we've converted to no-till, and we've had way less erosion. And, you know, how did you kind of learn about no-till? Um, from a, an old an agronomist, agro- some agronomy guys in some meetings I went to. Okay, I got you. And then were, are there, were there any big challenges when you switched to no-till that you could think of, or was it a pretty smooth transition? Until, until we can get back to, the, re- the, to, to the, the toolbox, you know, the planter I started with wasn't equipped as what I have now. You know, so we had some closing issues starting out, and then I learned, I learned patience that you, you, when you plant no-till, you can't go super early. you got to wait for ground temps to warm up, you know. I mean, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. Um, I guess getting to the award-winning plot. So that was a 2022 contest, correct? Yeah. And then what was the yield? 96.33. 96.33, okay. And 96.5 won it. Oh, so you barely – So you, <laughs> it, was, it, was basically, it was basically a tie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So officially, <laughs> though, you were second – If I shook a couple beans out of the auger, and it, I said, honestly, we – we're probably set. We're probably eighty percent no-till on our acres. Okay, I, I got you. So I mean, I I mean, I just we're, we're normally like you know that was tilled on that year before because it was like heavy manure ground, you know. Yeah. You know, we just work work the manure in the top. But like I said, you know, what I said like I told my buddies and I said we had this discussion about no-till like a, like a year a couple years ago and I said you know I said you know we my generation farms so much different than when my dad and everybody farmed. But it's now we have we have the equipment, the seed varieties, and the resources to do it. You know what I mean? You know, them guys didn't have the chem programs and the you know high speed corn planters with hydraulic downpours. You know what I mean? Our tool, you know, you, you know that you know, that'd be the, the that'd be the right way to say it. We have a different toolbox to use than our parents did. You know, you know. Yeah, I like that. A few more tools in the shed that you can make yeah. use to make no till actually work. work. Yeah. How many we farm some pretty hilly ground? I mean, that's you know that's kind of why we got started in it and. You know, I said, you know, I remember filling washouts in with, you know, with dozers in the spring, you know, when we were kids. And now we got good, you know, sustained waterways and no-till practices and our, you know, and we're actually probably raising, we're raising more yield, you know. 
what kind of a seed treatment did you have? I think we whatever the Pioneer program was. Okay. It might have been a Levo. I'm not sure. Okay. I and mean, what was your uh, planting population? Planting population is 155,000. I have a question here about the traits. Do you know what that might be? Oh, probably traits. They're extend beans, probably. Oh, okay. Extend. So seeding rate was 155,000. Do you remember the harvest population? Uh, I think we were at like 130. Those beans were planted like like the like the 10th of April. The 96 bushel ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, do you remember like the approximate harvest date? October, middle of October. Um, and then you're in 30 inch rows. Yep. 30 inch rows. Okay. Um, and what kind of planter do you have? Like make and model. I have a John Deere 1770 NT with um, all Ag Leader. I have Sure Speed, Sure Drive. No, I'm not, I have Sure Speed and, and um, Sure Force, hydraulic downforce on it. Yeah, I guess um, just talking about uh, your planter a little bit, you know, how what kind of makes it unique? Those um, some of the attachments you have that kind of help you get the job done more easily. I mean, I think the, the hydraulic downforce is your best return on investment you can put on a corn planter and no-till. So you use the same planter for corn and soybeans? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And what kind of harvester do you have? I have a Case IH-2388. Well, I did then. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new one now, but that's what I had then. And then, I so when it comes to harvest, so so take me through when you're harvesting that award-winning plot. Uh, any any memories come to mind or any tips for success there or anything stand out? Not really. Just get we just harvest when the, when the, you know, the moisture's correct. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work either. During harvest, we don't really, you know, like nothing really special, I guess, you know, where, where we do our, where we do our plot, you know, the only thing we do on our plot is, you know, we, we actually, you know, we take drone images a few times a year to, you know, find the best spots in the field too, you know, to know like which, where to pull from for the contest. Yeah. You know, we, we, we kind of, We've done it enough years now. We just kind of know the spot in the field, you know, looking at, you know, years past yield data to find your spot. And then uh, what kind of soil type or what, what was the soil type of the award-winning plot at least? Um, that was probably on Tama. It's probably Tama self mold. All right. Um, I guess now just kind of take me through that, that plot with the 96 bushels per acre from the contest last year, you know, starting from harvest the previous year. Um, just kind of take me through how you prepared the field and then, Kind of what you did, you know, from from planning to throughout the season to to kind of get that high yield. Um, I think we um, um, and honestly, doing with that 107 bushel beans compared to that, I mean that's a 10 bushel difference. But I just think it was a year. You know what I mean? I don't think it had anything to do with the no-till operation and or no-till end of it. Um, but so we plant we planted early. We we run in we run uh, some stoller products in furrow. Um, which have really, I think, in our no-till operation, they, they, it really has helped with um, early season r- growth. We saw it this year, um, planting early, too, in our corn. Um, if you ever heard of the Stoller Company, they sell micros and furrow stuff. So, so those are like micronutrients? Yeah, they're more like they grow stimulants and stuff. The Stoller Company sells them. We use a lot of their stuff. We started we started la- two, two, year, uh, you know, two years ago with some Stoller products, and it's really been helping I, 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 what I've seen, you know, in row, row growth and, you know, you know, early season. And then we came in with our, our first pass of, um, herbicide. And then, uh, we didn't put, then we, uh, then we came back at flower or whatever that's what, whatever that's or whatever I, I'm at flower and we put on, 
fungicide and another pass of micronutrients. And we do two passes of fungicide on those beans. And then uh, what kind of fungicides and herbicides and all that do you, do you use? Um, we use, we sprayed them with, uh, we sprayed it with uh, a, a Sonic as a pre. And then we came back in with um, Enlist and Liberty and Dual for residual. Can you just go into a little yeah. more detail as to your decision-making process, well, you know, why you split it up and why yeah, it's such we, a big yeah, advantage? Because, well, because, you know, a lot of people just put on their fungicide with their herbicide. And you're usually a little early on flowering, you know what I mean? So I think pushing it back and putting the fungicide in your insecticide treatment separately later, you know, is, is been a big yield advantage, you know, to, you know, getting right at, the, at flowering, you know. Okay, so let me make sure I have the three passes right. So your first pass is pre-emergence application of sonic soybean herbicide. Yep. And then followed by a post-emergence application of Roundup. Is it Extendamax? Is that what you call it? Yep, Extendamax, yep. And dual, Roundup dual herbicides. Yep. And then the third pass, Warrior Insecticide, Quilt, Fungicide, and the additional Stolar products? Yep. Okay, got it. And let's see here. Do, do you have any idea of the like, approximate rates of all that? I'll have to look into it. It's all on my sprayer and my stuff, you know, all my things. So... I just put, I just put down, you know, all products use a recommended rate, and you don't have to put it all in there, you know what I mean? Okay, so you pretty much just use the recommended rates. Yeah. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Yetter Farm Equipment. Yetter is your answer for success in the face of ever-changing production agriculture challenges. Yetter offers a full lineup of planter attachments designed to perform in varying planting conditions. Yetter products maximize your inputs, save you time, and deliver return on your investment. Visit them at yetterco.com. That's Y-E-T-T-E-R-C-O.com. And you have your own sprayer? Yep. Do you That's why I'm doing so many passes. <laughs> oh, I hear it. What kind of sprayer is it? Uh, an 855 rogator because I have to do this for corn growers every year too. NCGA makes a set. They want all that information because I've done the corn growers for five years. I think I've done it now. I've placed top three for the last five years. So Wow, pretty impressive. Is that is that no-till corn? Or? Uh, well, that's on tilled ground. Okay, I got you. Because where we, we, where we do corn growers, we, we feed like 600 head of cattle, so that's where we haul all our manure. See, yeah. that's, what, that's why I said anything, like I said, unless we haul manure on it, we no-till it, you know what I mean? If I could, I would just, I would no-till it all, honestly, because I, I believe in it. I, I've watched soil erosion as a kid, and it just blew my mind, you know? These guys around here working these hillsides, and it just made you sick, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you, have there been a lot more people no-tilling around you since you've started? Yeah, yeah it's really, it's really turning, you know, there's a... I think there's only one big farmer around here that works all ground anymore and everybody else. We, you know, we, we rotate corn and beans 50-50 and it just works, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's years we take, you know, honestly, there's, there's years we've had a little trouble on a wet spring, but most years when it's dry, our no-till crops will yield our tilled, tilled ground, you know. Yeah. When it comes to growing, uh, growing no-tilling soybeans, is there anything you tried that was different that you, maybe you thought maybe you wouldn't really try before or any, anything new that you've done over the past three years? Um, I'd say probably this planter setup, you know, I would say that's, the, I mean, that's been the most on the no-till end of things. I think, I think putting, putting money in your corn planter is king, you know, with the technology in the corn planter is your best return on investment. 
I would say that's where we've been pushing it. Like, when, you know, when I first got the planner, we put hydraulic downforce, and this last year we went to high speed. And I, and every year, everything we've done on the technology end is, is has huge returns on the no-till end. Before we had electric drives and ESET meters, we switched to sure speed. Our stands are just picket fence now. I mean, you know, it was a forty thousand dollar investment, but it, I, 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 we, we saw it this year in our corn growers where my stands were so much more even. You know. Yeah, you know, and, the, and I think rain was our limiting factor this year. We didn't. We our bean entry was only eighty some bushel, but we were so dry, and we ended up getting a hailstorm middle of the summer that that took a bunch out. So, yeah, it was a great crazy weather year this year for the for the twenty twenty two contest. Did, do you recall any challenges that you had to go through with that one? Or was um, that- we had some early season snow on it. I mean. But when you plant that in, in April, I always get snow on stuff. It doesn't even bother me anymore, <laughs> you know. Snow, I, yeah. I, so, so the snow, so you too, weren't too worried? You, how much snow was it? Was it a lot? Oh, about three inches probably got on it. So they were able to survive that? Yep. And that, they, they even got a little frost on them. And So planting soybeans early, it sounds like that's a... Uh, that's a must if you're going to grow high yields. Would you would you say that's the yeah, case? Yeah, I mean, pushing the envelope on, on, on planting data is, is huge as long as the ground conditions are perfect. You have to make sure that the the, 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 the soil condition is, is, is huge early. I don't care if you plant the second week of April. Well, if that ground is warm, the ground temperature is close, close to right, you're okay planting. And then once it, you get cold weather or rain, you have to quit until it warms back up. I mean, there's just always that two-day window early where you can get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every year is different. I mean, you don't go into a year saying, we have to do it on this date. It just Yeah, we're not, um, you know, plant when the soil conditions are right. I mean, that's your, you're better off planting the first week of May instead of the first week of April if the ground is cold and wet, you know? Yeah. Especially no-till, you know? That's true. That's true. So do you do like any soil testing or tissue sampling or anything like that? Um, we did, we do soil testing and I, all my agronomist has all that stuff. Um, like I said, he kind of takes care of that end of it, and I kind of take care of that. You know, we actually applied late season nitrogen on those beans last year. Um, I don't know if it was a big yield bump, maybe a few bushel, but I mean, if you're we, we sprayed uh, uh, nutrition on them, it's a, it's a nitrogen fixing product you spray on, and it's supposed to like fixate nitrogen from the environment. I don't know how it does it, but I don't know. We sprayed it on it where we didn't did it. There was a few bushel difference, but I mean, if you're going for every bushel, you know. How and when do you soil sample? Um, we do it every three years. We grid, we grid sample every three years. And your agronomist and helps with started, that? Yeah, we, we started doing that like a few years ago, and we're actually getting to a lot of these farms, but we're back to just straight spreading instead of variable rating now, you know, because we've done it enough, you know? Yeah. So what do you learn from these, you know, high-yielding plots um, that, that you take to that, all your acres? That, that you, have to, you have to know your soil and know your soil types to – if, if the if the if the ground is capable of producing high yielding crops, the return on investment on all these products is great. If you're planting on marginal ground that doesn't have high yield history, it, it doesn't pay. Yeah. If you're not planting in really good farms with that, that's had history of high yields, all these products are and all this stuff is not gonna you know, have a return on investment. I mean especially in soybeans, you gotta know your you know, I feel pH is huge and spreading pell lime every year on your soybean. Soybeans is huge, you know. I, I've heard that from someone else where they they variable rate applied uh, lime after harvest. Yeah, we do every year. We 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 spread pell lime every year. 150 pounds of pell lime an acre. What's the biggest thing you know that that helps with? On our soybean ground, we just use to keep our soil pH check. You know, and we use pell lime. You know, other than you know regular you know regular ag lime. 
because it's more readily available. Yeah, you mentioned soil pH levels important to pay attention to. Why would you say that's such a big thing that a farmer should look out for? In soybean beds, your soil pH is off. I mean, if you know, soybeans like alfalfa, you know, I mean, pH is off. You know, that's why we yeah, we haven't we haven't spread any ag lime in years. We just said you guys great luck to spread cow lime with some American peaches and check. You know. Anything new you're looking to try next year? We were going to try singulating soybeans uh, and dropping population, but I'm just, when I plant so early, I'm just nervous if I lose any type of stand, you know? Yeah. And when you're planting super early, I just feel like the soybeans need each other to get out of the ground, you know what I mean? But we haven't tried any of it yet, but we're thinking about maybe trying it in the future. So, you know, so, uh, like, singulating beans be like, you know, instead of playing 150,000, we drop down to, like, 90,000, you know? And we try to get the beans the plants space like corn, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've heard of people doing that. I think the guy in Georgia who broke the uh, soybean record, I think his seeding yeah. rate was way down there. Like, he really dropped it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know where we, we tried to do it one year, and they just, they, you know, the, the, you know, them beans all work together and push themselves out, you know what I mean? I just feel like the technology on your corn planter and all that stuff is the biggest thing. I mean, and, and your, in your do soil sampling, make sure your fertility's there, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the, I honestly feel like your, your, your planter is like the key. If you don't have the stand, you don't have anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, any, anything else after that bean plant comes up, you can put on it, you know what I mean? By tissue sampling and, you know, spreading fertilizer later, but if you don't have a stand, you don't have anything. Like you said, all the products in the world, there's all, all these products out there you could, you know, kind of make adjustments in season, but if it's not, you know, planted the right way, then you're kind of behind the eight ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when people ask about, you know, I've had some 300 bushel corn ways, you know, I mean, how do you raise 300 bushel corn? I said, a 300 bushel corn plant can't have a bad day. That plant has to come out of the ground and look good every day of its life. You know, it's, it's like a prom queen. You got to treat it perfect or it's not going to produce, you know? I like that. That's a good analogy. Any other atta- key attachments like closing wheels or any kind of stuff on there we should mention? Um, yeah, I think. Well, we just use we use uh, poly twisters or whatever, but you know I know everybody's slamming that furrow force, you know the thing they twitch to. But I'm kind of ag leader, so I can't really run it because I can't run an automate. So you probably heard of that system, right? The new furrow force. We run like a furrow jet in furrow, which is precision planning. That's where we put our micronutrients on with that. What's like the thing you like most about that? Um, we just like in the no-fill situation where it, it, it slices the. the the sidewalls so you get less sidewall compaction you know yeah so it, so it helps a lot with the compaction less air pockets in the seat trench no till you know yeah you mentioned that you know having a good stand is is the most important thing is that does all this equipment you need all this equipment to kind of ensure you get that good stand yeah i mean yeah I, honestly like the the hydraulic you know if you, like anybody anybody if you ever talk to them like they want to get a no till and i think hydraulic downforce is your best and best in no tilling you know you get that, you know, you get that constant pressure, you know, in the variables of the soil, you know, not every field the same. So, if you're rolling along, you can be playing rocks and then black dirt five feet, you know, and with hydraulic downforce, it really seems to pay, you know. Yeah, and, and then you know, how important is, you know, late season management with soybeans? And I got, I got that, like, you know, that stuff we, we put on them, Stoller products about, about late season, putting some, they make products like this called Sugar Mover and some other growth stimulants, you know, that, that, that we've worked with that have worked well, you know, in the last couple of years, you know. 
but our 100 bushel bean weight and this that have really, really, I think, pushed yield, you know. We've seen 10 bushels, we've, we've seen five to 10 bushel difference in, in side-by-sides with them products. Thanks to Ron Digman and Noah Newman for today's conversation. A transcript for this episode is available at no-tillfarmer.com slash podcasts. If you'd like to learn more bin-busting no-till soybean secrets, check out No-Till Farmer's special report about high-yield no-till soybeans in the 2022 issue of No-Till Farmer magazine, or find the link on the webpage for this episode. Many thanks to Yetter Farm Equipment for helping to make this no-till podcast series possible. From all of us here at No-Till Farmer, I'm Michaela Faulkner. Thanks for listening.